Today's scripture reading will be from Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 16. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 16. It reads, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the uni- unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children, tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love, may grow up in all things into him, who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body, jointed and knit together, through what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causing causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Greetings to everyone this morning, particularly our visitors. The word greet is going to be a key word in our study this morning. So if you open up to Romans chapter 16, we're going to spend our time in that chapter. And the connection that was made to the passage that Caleb read from Ephesians chapter 4 is again the encouragement and edification we can get from all the various members. And so we see the word greet 21 times in Romans chapter 16. We see over 30 people, and if you include the households, many more than that, that are mentioned here. And Paul is going to acknowledge their work, and he's going to talk about their encouragement and the relationship that he had. This epistle written in 57 AD. And I want us to transport ourselves back to that time and the diversity of this church. Rome is a major city. It would be one of the ancient cities that we would be more comfortable in. Many of the places that we discuss and talk about would be very rural and very foreign to our experience. But it was a very modern city in the sense of what was experienced. So in the final part of Paul's letter to Rome, we see again several brethren listed. We can learn from their examples, recognize that we might all do the same thing, and all of us can play an important part in the Lord's church, whether it's in a local congregation or the universal group of believers. So I want us to think about these names. And imagine if your name were mentioned or listed by the Apostle Paul, And the fact that we often talk about, uh, in Hebrews, the heroes of faith and all those that are listed. And so in this church, let's learn from their examples. Romans 16, let's start in verse 1. I command to you Phoebe, our sister, who is the servant of the church in Sincrea. Sincrea is located near Corinth. And so Phoebe is going to be used as an instrument of Paul to deliver messages and to do work. And so here, again, it's interesting because in this chapter, there's a mixture of men and women. And we discussed a little bit this morning in class about what it says in 1 Corinthians 7 about marriage and the state you're in. So whether you're here this morning, and whether you're a man or woman, no matter what ethnicity you are, no matter what your socioeconomic status, no matter what your profession, etc., etc., we all can become disciples of Christ. And we can be united in that fact. 
And that bond that we have through being a disciple is closer than anything. So the work that's being done there. And at the time, think about the distance between Rome and uh, Sincrea, which again, think of Corinth in that area. This is quite a distance. So it wasn't just a text that was sent or an email that was sent or a phone call that was made. It took great effort even to write and deliver these letters. Now we know that Paul's guided by the Holy Spirit. But we're also going to see later on that he had assistance in the physical writing down of this letter. And in many of Paul's letters, he talks about a portion where he will write part of it with his own hand. So in other words, they know it's legitimate. It's a real letter. It's not from someone else. Verse 2, that you may receive her in the Lord in a manner worthy of the saints and assist her in whatever business she has need of you. For indeed, she has been a helper of many and of myself also. Imagine being a, a helper of Paul. But beyond that, she is serving brethren. And we know that we're called to be servants. We are servants of Christ. And he gave us his example of service to us. So if you look at those verses, how is Phoebe described? She's described as a sister, as a servant, and as a helper. And of course, you could go off in all sorts of tangents there. You know, people want to use this passage and they miss the major point about the role that each person is playing here. And by the way, her name, translated Phoebe, means bright and radiant. And what are we called to be as disciples of Christ? We're to be a light. Jesus was the light that came into the world, we know from John chapter 1, and she was letting her light shine. Verse 3, greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus. And so there's a sense where Paul obviously has an authority, he's an apostle. But he also talks about the sense of fellow workers. And we know the relationship between Paul and this married couple, uh, Priscilla and Aquila. And what's interesting too is in different passages the names are reversed. And we talked a little bit about the marriage relationship and how God instituted it. And what a wonderful blessing it could be, especially having a common mind and doing a common work. So you could turn to Acts chapter 18 and read all about Paul meeting Aquila and Priscilla. Mentioned in 1 Corinthians 16 verse 19, mentioned in 2 Timothy uh, chapter 4. And so this is a couple that committed themselves. And we know they are of the same profession. And we know that at one point, Priscilla and Aquila, going back to Acts 18, heard Apollos. And Apollos was eloquent and mighty in the scriptures, but he didn't have the complete information. And this couple took the time to take him aside. Didn't interrupt him publicly, which is interesting. Because again, he was teaching what he knew, and it was the truth of what he knew, but they revealed more to him and corrected him. Finally received it. But they're fellow workers of Paul, but take a look at verse 4. Who risked their own necks for my life. Do we have the type of service where we're willing to die for our brothers and sisters in Christ? They were, and they said that. And you remember that part of the reason they met in the first place had to do with the way the Jews were being expelled and treated. And, and again, it's interesting that this is being written to Rome, knowing the history of Rome. And as again was talked about in class this morning, the coming persecution that Christians are going to endure. But again, who risked their own necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but also the churches of the Gentiles. 
And so we know that in Rome there are going to be Jews and there are going to be many Gentiles. It's, it's a diverse mixture of people in the backgrounds. And we know the difficulties between those who were raised in Judaism under the law of Moses, under the old law, those who are Gentiles, and yet in Christ, as is talked about in chapter 1, no matter if they were a free or servant, no matter if they were Jew or Greek, they could all be united in Christ. But they, they stuck their necks out. And they're paying the price for these churches of the Gentiles, even though their background was one of, of being Jewish. Verse 5. Likewise greet the church that is in their house. And so they were doing a lot. Including, and we know that church, people think of the building. But we know about the word ecclesia. It's those who are called out. And in that circumstance, they were doing the best they can. They were practicing the strange and new religion to the Roman world. And of course, we know that there's going to be groups, and we're going to see these groups. Think about how many congregations and groups are mentioned in Romans chapter 16. And so again, if we get discouraged and isolated and think, well, that can never happen in 2023, the direction the country is going, all the negativity around, just remember what the Roman world was like. Remember the circumstance in which some of these congregations grew up in, whether it be in Corinth, or as I did several lessons last year in Thessalonica, how difficult it would have been, and how immediately Christians were resisted there. But yet, they're meeting in their house. Fellow workers risked their own necks, church that was in their house, as I mentioned before, helped Apollos. So just there, in the first couple of verses, think about the great examples we have. Then we continue on in verse 5, where it says, Greet my beloved Epitaneus, who is the first fruits of Achaia to Christ. And we know the concept of first fruits. You probably think immediately about Cain and Abel and their offerings to God. And so here is someone who was converted very early. And just these small phrases or words to describe them tell a lot about them. And many of the people in Romans 16, we don't have any other information on. We do on Aquila and Priscilla. We know Phoebe's mentioned other places. But we have individuals like this who are not mentioned. And by the way, uh, his name means prepared. And it's always interesting when you look at these names and what they mean. Verse 6, we know that there are several Marys. We don't know which Mary this is. This is likely just... Someone named Mary or, or Martha, Mary, and there's different uh, uses of that name. Greet Mary, who labored much for us. So if that was all that was said, here is Paul talking about a woman who did a lot of work and labored for them. And so again, I appreciate sometimes brethren will encourage me and talk about, they appreciate the fact that I might teach a class or give a lesson. But one of the things I want you to remember Everyone's role in God's kingdom and in the church is important. And there are people that do things here that people don't even know about in serving their brethren. So the power we have as individuals to pray for one another. The power we have as individuals to do good works for one another. Don't underestimate your role. And again, I appreciate those things, but here is someone mentioned. And I think of the power of that. And remember that in the context here. The people would have known who these brethren were. And it's being brought to their attention, all the examples. 
you know, we could talk about all the negative examples we have around us in the world. But I encourage us to look in our own groups, our own brethren. And we can find many examples of people who are doing right. Who are striving, who are consistent. And we can learn from those examples. Then it says in verse 7. Greet Andronicus and Junia. My countrymen. If you look at different versions, they'll say kinsmen. And my fellow prisoners who are of note among the apostles. Imagine being someone and the apostles knew who you were. Not because you're going around bragging or striving to be famous. But because your, your light is shining. Your work is evident to all and they could see it. And then this note which he makes. Who also were in Christ before me. And of course we know about Paul's conversion. And you can read in Acts about that. And the reaction of brethren. Brethren, this guy was converted? You know, he, wasn't he the one uh, throwing people in prison and being responsible for murdering people? But again, the fact that they accepted that and they bond they have with him. And what an example he would have been to them. But the acknowledgement, again, that these were uh, uh, apostles, or not apostles, but these were converts even before he was. Verse 8. Greet Amplius, my beloved in the Lord. And again, imagine Paul calling you uh, his beloved. Verse 9, greet Urbanus, our fellow worker. There is that phrase again, fellow worker in Christ. And Stachus, my beloved. And, and, and so the fact that you want to grow as a disciple or as a Christian, well, one of the ways you can do this is by investing yourself in the work. And especially work that involves other brethren. And I think all of us who have this experience can say that our relationships have been deepened, our understanding of one another has been deepened by doing work with brethren. And it could be something as simple as going together and visiting someone. It could be something as simple as going and meeting the needs of our brothers and sisters in Christ. It could be something as simple as studying together. So we talk about opportunities like the ladies' study which is coming up and the times that we gather together as brethren. Those are opportunities for us to have that bond. So being fellow workers. Understanding that that's what we're called to be. We're disciples. We're followers of Christ. We're servants. We are those who are going to invest in work. Verse 10. Greet Apelles, Approved in Christ. And I just want to take a moment to, again, think about ourselves. What's the most important thing? Well, it's to be approved in Christ. Because we know, and again, I think this is a wonderful opportunity this time of year. Last year I happened to do the lesson, uh, it was either uh, Christmas Day or right around there. And we talked about the birth of Christ. But if people are coming and bringing it up, what a wonderful opportunity to engage in that conversation. Uh, it might be something on their lawn, and you could say, well, there's some level of belief there. And how we don't run away from it, but use it as an opportunity to allow the Bible to communicate. What is clearly done in God's word. So, but uh, uh, think of ourselves being approved in Christ. Because again, the world celebrates the birth which is significant. But we know that it's also the death, the burial, and the resurrection. And that's why Brother Bob Hardy could pray the type of prayer that he did. About the hope and what we're looking forward to. Because of the price that was paid for us through Christ. The mercy and grace demonstrated by his Father. And then it says in verse 10, 
greet those who are in the household of Aristobulus. So, Apelles approved in Christ, and here's an example of a household. And we know by looking at Acts of all the influence you can have on family members. And I would like to say this morning, if you have family members who are non-Christians, don't give up hope. And don't allow your light not to shine. You never know what can turn loved ones. Amen. And you could be an example to them, and you could demonstrate in your change of life what they could become, and you could be the consistency in their lives that may not have from the world. So let us remember the lights that we could be in examples, even to households. You think of Lydia's household. You think of the Philippian jailer. You can think of all the examples of those who are not only converted themselves, but their household. Cornelius would be another example that we could talk about. Verse 11. Greet Herodian, my countrymen. There's that phrase again. You know, we talk about being citizens. And we might take pride, for example, in being citizens of the United States. But remember what Paul said in Philippians? Where's our citizenship? Our citizenship's in heaven. And so we should have this bond and understanding that we're citizens in God's kingdom. And as being citizens in God's kingdom, we want to encourage others to also be part of that. Greet those who are the household of Narcissus, who are in the Lord. And we talked about that phrase this morning in 1 Corinthians 7 about Marian only in the Lord and what that means and the importance of that. Verse 12, greet Tryphena and Tryphosa, and it appears that these are sisters, some suggest even twins, you could go off again on those tangents. We don't have a lot of information, but we know they're mentioned here, and that's pretty significant and pretty remarkable. Who have labored in the Lord. Don't you see the common words again, working, laboring? And so, if we analyze ourselves, if we're not laboring or working, that we're not fulfilling the function that God created us for. We were created in Christ Jesus for works, and specific works. And the works are the ones that God authorizes and does. Greet the beloved Persis, who labored much in the Lord. So again, the acknowledgement about how much work is being done by this specific individual. Verse 13, greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord. And I, I think this is interesting. And his mother and mine. So here is Rufus's mother who treated Paul in such a way that it was like his own mother. And we go back to Phoebe. If you remember the very part of this, I want to bring this point up again. Where it says in verse 2, that you may receive her in the Lord in a manner worthy of the saints. And so hopefully if you're visiting this morning, you, you were greeted by someone and you were treated as a welcome guest. And that is something we're to do in all circumstances. And, and again, you know that we're to be different from the world. We're to be examples. Kindness and our example and the way we treat people can go a long way. Even especially, remember what Jesus says. He doesn't just say, love those who love you. He says, love your enemies. <laughs> because the, the rain and the sun that shine on the good also shine on the evil. And we've talked a lot about that as, as Bill has led us through things. But Rufus and his mother being mentioned here, verse 14. There are several names mentioned in this verse. Greet and Syncretus, Phlegon, Hermas, Patrobus, Hermes, and the brethren who are with them. 
And, and, and there's no detail given, specifics, but greet them. And there's no correction given either. And, and, and so the examples they have around them. And I thought about this group and how many members here. And the fact that we could communicate. And, you know, uh, I talked to Rod yesterday. And, and, and he was asking me about how various people were doing, you know. And, and he's, it's similar thoughts. Uh, you know, tell him I said hi, greet them. So I send a mass greeting so I don't have to do it individually, right? And then it says in verse 15, Greet Philogus and Julia, Nerus and his sister, and Olympus and all the saints who are with them. So, so take a look at verse 14 again. And the brethren who are with them. And then verse 15, all the saints. So, so let us realize just for a moment, we're not alone. We're not like Elijah who felt like he was all alone. And we know there are times where even Paul felt that he was deserted and left alone. And, and we need to have that perspective in terms of our relationship with Christ and God, that even if all forsake us, we get a, a circumstance where we can't communicate with people. We still have that relationship. But let us not forget there are people, even today, who are trying to do right. There is a remnant of God's people. And we talked a lot about this in Wednesday night as we've gone through Isaiah and Jeremiah and now in Lamentations. And then in verse 16, greet one another with the holy kiss. The churches of Christ greet you. And again, this is a point that we bring up often about these groups are called churches of Christ. And you can take a look at various epistles and you can see the organization. Shane brought up this morning in class about elders and deacons and of course one of the blessings of the marriage relationship is having that help meet and have someone that could qualify for those important God-ordained positions within a local group. But the multitude of the churches of Christ. We talked about Sincrea, where Phoebe was from. There's no epistle that we see with Sincrea. We can read Galatians. It talks about the churches of Galatia. Not just singular, but several local groups that existed there. Verse 17. So in the, in the midst of these greetings and the positivity comes a warning. Verse 17. Now I urge you, brethren... Note those who cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you learned and avoid them. So again, this goes to influence. There's a lot of good people doing what they're supposed to do. And Paul's warning them of those who cause divisions, offenses, contrary to the doctrine. And again, this is a point that I didn't have the opportunity but was going to bring up at the end of class. When, for example, we talk about 1 Corinthians chapter 7, we realize that the process was still being going on at the time of the completing of the New Testament. They didn't have everything completely recorded. We do. We have all the doctrine we need. We can study and know and make, again, clear, uh, clear division about what's right and wrong. We can discern, and that's what we're supposed to do. Verse 18. Now, now, now we see, unlike the people who are mentioned here who are doing so many wonderful things in service to God, the motivation for people who are going to cause division or offenses or teach false doctrine, and we know this is a pattern repeating over and over again in God's Word. Verse 18, for those who are such do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ. And, and, and that's what we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be servants. But their own belly... And by smooth words and flattering speech, deceive the hearts of the simple. 
And again, we don't need to be in that category. We could be fully prepared. As it talks about in Ephesians chapter 6, we could put on the full armor of God. Because we understand that Satan is a real enemy. And we understand the doctrine of the world. And we know that Paul has given these types of warnings before. He gave these types of warnings to the Ephesian elders. That savage wolves would come from within. Verse 19, For your obedience has become what? Known to all. So their light was shining. And this is the group he's addressing here in Romans 16. Therefore I am glad on your behalf. But I want you to be wise in what is good and simple concerning evil. And this goes to what we invest our time in. We could study the scriptures, we could pray, we could attend meetings together to improve our, our spiritual maturity. And not become experts in what is evil. We don't need to delve into all the nuances to know that it's evil. We know it's evil because God, again, clearly defines what is evil and what is good. Verse 20, And the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. He's praying the success and victory of the saints. And later on in history, we know around 90 AD when John wrote a revelation to the seven churches that they were going to undergo persecution. But the major message of that is the same thing was stated here. And that is, God will crush Satan. And the context of Revelation, it's that God has already crushed Satan. The victory is already won. Whether we are victors or losers is now based on our own choice. Because God did everything He needed to do, and Christ had victory over death, so we don't need to be on the losing side. And then we have greetings from his fellow workers, starting in verse 21. Timothy, my fellow worker. And we know that in other accounts he calls him his true son. His son in the faith. We know about the process they went through. We know that uh, Timothy is going to play a major role, including the letter of 2 Timothy, which is the end of Paul's life. And he encourages Timothy in his preaching and to carry on what he's been taught. But Timothy, my fellow worker, there's that phrase again. And Lucius, Jason, and uh, Sosipater, my countrymen greet you. So again, fellow worker, countrymen. Verse 22, I, Tertius, who wrote this epistle, greet you in the Lord. And remember that you know Paul's writing oftentimes from prison and things like that. He doesn't have necessarily, on the circumstance, an office provided for him, a nice big desk. So... We know the Holy Spirit had a role in this, but Paul also had a role. And he's dictating. And as he's dictating, Tertius is writing those things down. A scribe. And do we appreciate that? And by the way, we saw similar things, for example, like in Jeremiah. Where Jeremiah had those who he commanded to write down his words, that they be preserved. Because even when they're long gone, I mean, do we recognize that this letter that was sent to Rome, and easily could have been lost has been preserved all these years later. All these thousand years later. It's pretty remarkable when you think about it. Verse 23. Gaius, my host, and the host of the whole church, greet you. Erastus, the treasurer of the city, greet you. And Quartus, a brother. And, and so again, identifying people, sometimes in terms of their occupation. But the greetings that are done, the relationship. Here's Paul. Maintaining these close relationships. 
And we often do this this time of year. Maybe you'll do this today or tomorrow. You'll greet brethren who now live in other parts of the country you haven't seen for a while and things like that. And just let them know that you're thinking about them. That this time of the year sort of does this. And again, we have those relationships. It's pretty remarkable. So when Bill makes an announcement earlier about Beckett Dow, and I know those of you visiting here don't know who this is. They were members here a long time ago. Uh, Sarah's parents were members of this congregation long ago. And they had a, a, Sarah had a baby very prematurely. And so they ask prayers of this congregation for his health and improvement. And we have to realize that we have that resource. It's not just our local group. We could ask brethren around the world. And I know what Shane has been through this past year. Uh, how many different Christians all over the place have offered their prayers and encouragement and support. And so let us not forget that we have that support system as well. Then it says in verse 24, The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Now to him who is able to establish you according to my gospel, and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery kept since the world began. So in other words, it was a mystery, it was a secret, but now it's been revealed. And now they can know. And all these people had responded to it. All these people were baptized into Christ. And you can go to Romans chapter 6 to check that. All, all these people understood that all sin and fall short of the glory of God. And the only way that they could be saved from that situation, from again, Romans 6, from the bondage of sin, was through Christ and the fact that He freed us. Verse 26, But now made manifest, and by the prophetic scriptures, made known to all nations, according to the commandment of the everlasting God, for obedience to the faith. And I thought about those prophetic scriptures, and not just in the New Testament, but how many times we've talked about in our studies of Isaiah and Jeremiah and others, uh, the messianic prophecies, and how those were fulfilled very, very specifically and very, very detailed. Verse 27, To God alone wise be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. So, just again to summarize, let us take a moment and think about all these unique different, effective individuals and how Paul is going to acknowledge what they're doing and how they it's recorded for us that we might learn from their example. And as we're about to approach a new calendar year, for us to take a few moments to analyze what our relationship is before God, what our work is, and are we helping our brethren? Are we being the effective disciple that we're capable of being? Let us all strive to continue to improve in that area. If you're here this morning and you've not responded to the gospel call, we offer that invitation to you. Again, Christ died even though he was sinless. He came down from heaven and lived fully as a man while at the same time fully divine, something we cannot understand. He was tempted at all points as we were, but yet he was without sin. And although he didn't deserve it, he died on the cross, an excruciating death. But as an acceptable sacrifice, his father raised him from the dead, that we could have hope of eternal life. We have the opportunity to, as it says in Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. 
We have the word proclaimed and we can respond to that message this morning if you've not done so. And if there's something we can do for you, as they did for each other, if there's a prayer we can offer on your behalf, something you need help with, assistance with, we encourage you to let that be known. We are put here for a reason in this configuration that we are brethren who can bear one another's burdens. We can watch out for each other and make sure that all of us are on the same track and that's the track to heaven when this life is over. If you have a need, please come forward as we stand and sing.